Hey, everybody. Welcome to BU Only Better or BYOB Audio. This podcast was started to help listeners like you find a way to be your best self, but not change who you are. We want you to be your best you while on a journey to a happier and more fulfilling life. Tune in to hear personal stories of how people face their fears and overcome their struggles to become a better version of themselves. Thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of BYOB Audio. Last time, I got to interview my cousin, Julian Placino, who is a speaker, a podcaster, and a branding consultant who talked about stewardship. Julian is truly dedicated to helping others. So tune in to discover how to be of service to others to ultimately help you on your pathway to success. Today, I get to introduce a very special friend, a colleague, and a fellow podcaster, Kim has over 28 years of experience and is certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine in personal training and group exercise, nutrition, triathlon coaching, and lifestyle and wellness coaching. Kim believes to truly be healthy, one must continue to grow in mind, body, and spirit through healthy lifestyle changes. Kim, welcome to the show. Obviously, you are certified in many things and you bring a lot of expertise here, so we're super happy to have you on. Go ahead and take a minute and expand on what you do. Well, I have, um, as you stated, been in the health and fitness industry for since really 1991. And I have started my own little training business, Get Fit With Kim LLC, and written two books, a cookbook and a health and wellness book. And I continue to take clients and do online training and nutrition and all sorts of different things that you can find on my website. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, All right. So Kim, as all of our listeners know, we always start off with a unique shot of wisdom. So what do you have for us today? Well, I actually had to take a few minutes because there are so many things swirling around in my head at the moment. But um, I think what I would really consider the most unique is the advice to just start with one new thing that you want to improve or change and then be consistent with that new habit for at least 21 days before adding something new to it. I think, well, I do this personally, but I think a lot of us tend to, we have great intentions and we're real motivated in the beginning and we decide we're going to just completely turn our lives around all in one day. And we bombard ourselves and overwhelm ourselves with too many things introduced at once. So if you can just introduce one new thing every 21 days and focus on it and focus on being consistent in that new habit every single day, then you're going to be a lot more likely to follow through and be successful in that change. Awesome. That's great. And I can definitely tell that you have a lot of experience in seeing how people react to adding something new. So sounds like uh, you're speaking from experience. Yes. And, you know, that came from trial and error and learning too, and working with people and learning that everyone's different and customizing to their needs and, and personalities. And, but that is something that I found as a human being, we all tend to pile on too many things at once. That's just, I guess, ingrained in us somehow. And so the intention is good, but it's just too hard. So if you'll make it a little easier and cut yourself some slack and just do one at a time, then you're a, less overwhelmed and more likely to actually do it and follow through. Yeah. So I'm definitely one of those human beings. I was like, oh, look, I'm going to have time. So let's start a podcast. <laughs> no, we both kind of did that today. Yes. This week has been like the Marines, the SEALs Hell Week or something, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, 
as if we're not busy I'm enough. version of Seals Hill Week. I'm about to ring the bell now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of ringing the bell, now that we've taken our shot, you know, it's time to, you know, learn a little bit more about you and, uh, you know, share with our listeners what you would consider your biggest struggle. You know, we're all about stories here. So take us to that time. Yeah, there was, I've lived, I'm in middle age now. So I feel like um, as we age and our lifespan gets longer, hopefully we end up with several stories or testimonies along the way. And I have several of those, but I think today what I was really kind of wanting to focus on just because of the past couple of weeks and what that has led us into doing and creating uh, new side businesses and versions of our business we have going on right now, our podcast together. Um, I think we both struggle with the perfection syndrome. I, I just made that up. Okay. It should be a syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know I have always struggled with perfectionism. Um, I like to say I'm a type a, 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 plus, plus, plus personality or a top B in training is what I would love to be. <laughs> <laughs> and so I tend to, when I get a project, um, I'm kind of like a dog with a bone. I just go, go, go. And I don't eat and I don't sleep. And, and I get myself so exhausted um, that and frustrated. And so the fear part comes in where I don't feel ready to put it out into the world for people to see or use or experience whatever the task was, because it's not up to my perfect standard. And so then fear creeps in and it paralyzes me and I don't move forward and I end up not, I end up with six books I've written and haven't been able to quite publish or, or finish or um, just, you know, the process of learning something new can be daunting or then putting yourself out there. You and I both are in the public eye. And that takes a lot of courage for those of you who are struggling in that as well. So that is probably the biggest struggle that has gone through my whole entire life from yeah birth till now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, a character flaw for both of us. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But I think we try to. Yeah. Right. Right. So. So, okay. This idea of perfectionism, where do you feel like it first started? Do you remember kind of when you felt like, okay, you know, I've got to keep these really high standards. This is something that's very pressing and I need to make sure I rise to the occasion. Do you remember your first time that that started? Oh, absolutely. I was in uh, kindergarten. <laughs> so oh, very early on then. Yeah, it has plagued me my entire life. Um, and, and it wasn't all, at, you know, we are products of our environment as well, uh, but we also have our own personality traits. So I think just because it may be with environmental, you may still be more of a relaxed, easygoing, spontaneous personality, and it won't maybe translate into it becoming a syndrome. <laughs> Right. right. But I wasn't. I was a very uh, competitive, high achiever, perfectionist people. I, mean, I was a very pleasing, obedient child. And I was the firstborn. And my parents, you know, were both teachers and I was expected to make straight A's. Now, I'm not saying that they beat me if I made a B or anything <laughs> like that at all. But I was expected to study and do homework and do well in school and excel in whatever it was that we did. And um, they were very good and about 
helping me through that. And so I think it all stemmed from that. And then that was just, you're going to start it, you're going to finish it, and you're going to finish well, which I appreciate. But, you know, that was part of my personality too. So I kind of maybe it made it more difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the, those difficulties. You know, whenever we're trying to live to this almost impossible standard, you know, how do you cope? How do you find that balance? You know, you're trying to please your parents and you're trying to please yourself. But then, you know, you always have to find that middle ground somehow to stay sane, right? Yeah. And I think that comes from just falling flat on your face and failing, period. Um, or it did for me. Let's say that. I, uh, you go, 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 and you strive, 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 and you work in your own power and your own strength and until finally God's kind of like, well, okay, then let's see how far you go with that. And you fall on your face and you, you know, face plant, and it's usually in front of an audience and you get humbled real quick that you're not capable of doing all of this all at once, all by yourself. Then you get humbled again when you're comparing yourself to other people and their successes and their, you know, kind of end product, you don't really see that. My favorite little picture is of the iceberg and you see the tip of the iceberg above the water and you don't see all the work and the failure and the struggle below. Right. I think everybody got that kind of story. And we tend to just compare ourselves to their top of the iceberg that we see. And I don't think that's fair to yourself. And so I think just cut yourself a break, you know, give yourself some slack, give yourself some grace, try new things. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I've done it. I did it all week long and embarrassed myself. And it was just, you know, all right, we're just going to do it again. But don't be afraid to just start and try, but give yourself some realistic time frames. My husband is amazing and is super supportive and helps keep my brain that is going a million miles an hour focused in that he tells me all the time, you need to structure some hours in your day. You don't work until sun up to sundown and then get up in the middle of the night and work some more. Just you need to have a cutoff point. And I think right now, a lot of people, because we're self-isolating and sheltering in place with the coronavirus are feeling that pressure and I hear my brother and I had a conversation this morning where he said, I've never worked so many hours in my entire life mm -hmm. because I'm home working. I'm working 14 hour days. It's insane. And I said, I know you need to, and I need to, too. We need to set a bedtime, an off time where we're done by, you know, whatever time and we have family time and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah hopefully that didn't get too off track for you. No, no, that's great. Honestly, you know, uh, a lot of what you say really hits home for me. I, you know, we're very, very similar and, uh, yeah. you know, maybe that's kind of why we we're both putting this interview off is because we're going to be looking in the mirror, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've kind of put you off for a couple weeks, I guess. But I, that's okay. I forgive yeah. you. <laughs> we're now. Yeah, we're, we're here now. Yeah, yeah. So I will say it's not at two o'clock in the morning. Right. We are in our work hours. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of more to your point of everybody's working a little bit more because they're at home. And I think it's mostly because, you know, we don't have those work and home boundaries anymore. And now they've crisscrossed and it's really hard to separate that. So I'm glad that you brought that up anyways. Um, I think that's an important point and definitely something we need to do too. <laughs> yes. And that's something I had to learn. I have worked... I moved my training business in-house into my home uh, 10 years ago. And so I have taught cooking classes out of my home, I've trained clients, I've trained them out of my home. I do my nutrition programs online and virtually over the phone. 
phone and things like that. But everything was, and then I office from home. My husband's business was office from home. So everything was at home. And that's something that I really struggled with the first couple years. And my husband was, again, very essential in helping me structure a work day so I could be productive and have balance in my life and not get so overwhelmed and exhausted and quit. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so speaking of what you do for work, which tends to be at home, as you've mentioned, when was it that you realized that that's what you wanted to do? When did you just say, hey, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. This is what I want to do. Well, it also, I have always had a desire and love for everything physical and outside. If it was outside and it was active, I was going to be a part of it. And my dad was very, very active as I was growing up. He was a runner. We used to follow him on our bicycles. And so, and he was an avid exerciser in the gym as well. And so I kind of grew up with that role model. And so that translated into my adulthood as well. And when I was in high school, I was a, I was a twirler growing up and a twirler at Texas Tech University in college. And they uh, had a weight limit. So I was 120 pounds and considered overweight and they told me I needed to lose 30 pounds, which would have put me at 90 pounds. I'm 5'4", and I'm, I am small boned, but I am not petite. So needless to say, that was very, well, it was impossible. I couldn't do it. But um, my mother wanted me, you know, support me. So she and put me in a children aerobics class my senior year to help me lose the weight. And we put... I did these wacko crazy diets and uh, we abused water pills and we just, I mean, did anything and everything that was completely unhealthy and that we know now is just awful and detrimental to your body and your health. We did all of those things in efforts to, you know, live up to that standard that they set for us. And, but what it did for me was it gave me an inside look at to what it felt like to struggle with weight and health because I was always a really skinny, skinny kid. I never had a weight problem. And it allowed me also to experience uh, aerobics. And that's where I started my fitness journey was in aerobics and teaching aerobics classes. And during my senior year, I was able to, because I had a dance background and a music background with twirling and band and, you know, that I was able to uh, teach those classes very easily. It came very natural to me. And so that I always kept that up. And then as I was in college and I struggled with that, and then the, the mental aspect of body image because of that experience, it really impacted me in a way that I wanted to learn as much as I could about nutrition. And I'm a big science geek and I love science. And that just really fell in line with what I already enjoyed learning and how I enjoyed learning. And then added to help people, I'm a, I'm a helper. And so I'm a server, servant kind of a personality. So that just was a perfect fit for me. It was allowing me to educate others um, and work through my own body image and issues and um, really just provide a helpful, useful service, hopefully to people. Awesome. So I can imagine that, you know, you get to be particularly empathetic to people who are struggling with body image issues as well, right? I do. And it's, 
it's hard. You know, it all starts in your mind. It's a, it's more of a mental issue and an attitude, the way you talk to yourself, think of yourself. And that can come from many different things that has happened to you in the past. It's, uh, doesn't always have to be a, an, an outside experience, you know, like I had, but it's something that is overlooked, um, and needs to be considered if you are looking into going into this field of, you know, fitness or nutrition or that kind of thing, um, it, you need to consider getting some education and some training in the behavioral modification aspect of this as well, because you're going to run into a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And it's not just women and it's not just young girls. I have a lot of men who struggle with some form of an eating disorder as well. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I know that that's actually pretty prevalent, um, I know a couple of people myself who struggle, maybe not necessarily labeling it body image or eating and those types of things, but, you know, might have the wrong impression of it. Where could they go that would be a good source to, you know, help them with that, help them through it? You know, honestly, if they want to tackle the mindset, I would start with a counselor and I am a part of organization called Agape Christian Counseling Services. They are amazing and they offer a lot of free services. I would really start there. I think a lot of trainers have been in the same situation I have, and they come from a place of whether they started off with an eating disorder or something like that too. So they, that, some of us really do know and have some good, solid experience with that and how to deal with that. But a lot of them don't. And so sometimes it's really important that you interview your trainer, nutritionist, that because you got our coach, um, you guys are going to have this relationship and it should be a two-way street and you should be able to openly discuss things. And if you feel that they're not quite capable of understanding where you're coming from, or y'all are getting frustrated with how the other is asking questions or what have you been, it might not be the right fit at that time. I'm not going to say they're a bad trainer or anything's wrong with them at all. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it just might not be the right fit at that moment. So if you can work on the mental aspect and deal with those kind of issues first, then any of the physical things that come later that you want to change and improve on will be much easier for you. Or if you can find someone who knows all of that in one, then you can kind of shorten the process. So ask those kinds of questions. Have you ever worked with or suffered from or are you educated in behavioral modification science or eating body image disorders if you suffer from that? Very cool. Yeah. So definitely the agape counseling is going to be good. Um, now, I would also like to point out just um, just to promote us and what we're doing a little bit. Um, we also are trying to tackle that issue in terms of your mental health and wellness and nutrition and fitness on What the Health with Josh and Kim. So you can yeah. definitely check us out there. <laughs> yes, do, because we are we are really working hard on that podcast to help with just kind of break those little sections up. Yes, definitely. And um, that'll be launching on Easter Monday. So I don't know when this is going to air, but whether it's out or not, um, it's going to be available then. So definitely check us out, right? Yes, because that is like my birthday weekend and Easter is my favorite holiday. And we're going to launch our awesome podcast. That's going to be a happening weekend. Oh, very happening. I didn't know it was your birthday too. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that actually gets us to our next thing. Um, you know, especially in times of struggle, I think it's extremely important to stay excited about something. Uh, what's got you most intoxicated about today? Actually, I was going to say our podcast, now that you already mentioned it. I'm, that has been a long-time passion project for me and you. We have talked about doing this for, well, we've known each other, what, 10 years? About. And we've somewhere in there, and we've talked about doing this at least five. So yeah. I am, I think I came in, I was a hot mess. When was this? A month or two ago? Right before the coronavirus thing hit. I was a hot mess. I'm just going to flat say, we're going to tell our story, Josh. So I had been suffering. I suffered from seasonal allergies really bad. And I had gotten thigh breakout on my both eyes, upper and lower lids, and on the inside of my eyelids from allergies. And I was doing allergy shots and going to the eye doctor and getting everything I could do to treat those. And I finally, I called Josh and I was like, look, I need to do something. I need to come in and do the, I call it the hot box. What's it called for real though? The infrared sauna. Yes. The infrared sauna. I never can remember. So (laughs) I said, I need to come. Do do you think that would help me? And of course it did. So anyway, I went in and I did this treatment with him and the infrared sauna, sorry, the hot box. (laughs) If you say hot box, he knows what you're talking about. So anyway, um, at the end of it, I'm in there for like two hours that day, which when I came out, I looked like a normal human and not, you know, the hunchback of Notre Dame anymore. And said, I think we need to just go ahead and start our podcast because while I'm in there, you're in there by yourself. That's my pray time. So I'm praying and all that. So I come out, it just, I don't know, it was just laid on my heart. And so now we've decided we're just going to jump off. We're going to put fear aside and our technological challenged little selves. And we're going to learn new things and we're just going to do it. And I keep Josh going in the uncomfortable zone and he holds me back so that we wait till we're kind of a little bit more polished. (laughs) (laughs) And then I kind of jump off the edge of the cliff first. And then (laughs) we decided to do it. So I have been enjoying learning and recording and getting ready for this podcast. I'm so excited about that. That's really kind of brightened up day and re-energized my whole outlook and because you know we're all isolated now so it's really difficult to keep something you're passionate alive because you you know you're stuck at home so much and you can't interact so yeah long way around that answer but there you go no there you go i love it i love it uh, we're all about stories here so i'm glad you put one in there too Sure. All right. Well, Kim, now it's time for our sips of success. These are quick questions just for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So who would you say is your biggest hero? I I have so many. And you know what? I'm a good little student. And I wrote out all my answers for you before. And I didn't write that one down because I thought maybe it would come to me as we sit here. I have got so many heroes. I think the one that comes to mind the most is my dad's mom, my grandma Kate's. And I pick her just because she was such a huge influence in my life. She was someone who was always there. She was someone who listened well. And she never, I don't remember her really ever giving me an answer to a problem. I remember her always listening to me. And I mean, she, she gave me advice and guided me as well. But I always just remember her listening to me. And she was very active too. She lived to be, I think it was 94 years old. And she was a people lover. 
and she she was a nurse. She worked at Grandy's. I don't know if y'all remember that restaurant, Grandy's. They had what they called the little grandmas that had their little outfits and gray wigs, and they would run, walk around and pass out fresh hot rolls to people that were eating in there. She did that. She was a granny at Grandy's. <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> she was someone who had been, she lived through the Depression. Um, my papa was in the Navy, and she had my dad and his brother while he was stationed away on a naval ship in World War II. Um, she raised two boys. She was a survivor and a fighter and probably one of the most loving and godly women I've ever known. And she's just near and dear to my heart. She just always had the best outlook on life and guidance and lived life. You know, my papa got Alzheimer's and we dealt with that. And then he passed away at least 10 years before her. And then she went blind and was in care facility at the end. And we're very, very close family. And so I know how hard that was for her. And she just always persevered. She was always happy and kind and grateful and loving through all of it, all her life. And so I just really hope to be like her. She was so courageous and strong. So she's my hero. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think you seriously couldn't have picked a better hero, especially that you mentioned that she made it through the depression. And then of course, the World War. I think that's definitely someone that we can all try to aspire to be like, you know, especially through this current struggle and all of our future struggles. So I think that's a great one. Yeah. All right. So what is your favorite way to de-stress? Ooh, okay. So if I get to pick a vacation thing, it's scuba diving. I love to scuba dive. It is so peaceful under the water and it's gorgeous and beautiful. And I, that's my favorite thing to do. But since I don't get to do that very often and no one's getting to do anything right now, I'm going to say my second favorite thing to do is just to kind of hang at home with my husband and my two dogs. I love the dogs and going for walks and playing with them. And then, you know, spending time here with my husband, just doing nothing in particular, you know, games or puzzles or whatever, walking the block, whatever we do. So yeah, just home time. I'm kind of a little introvert. I think we're extroverted introverts. Yeah, no, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I think that that sounds like a good way to de-stress. So what was the best advice given to you that helped you through a tough time? Okay. So I had a band director in junior high school. Her name was Cindy Bullock who later, it's so weird when you become an adult and a teacher becomes a friend of yours. It's so odd. It's it, such it an is. odd at first. But she was one of my very favorite band directors and in junior high. And when I, I can't remember, it's been a few years ago now, but she hired me to train her. So she became one of my clients And then we became really good friends, you know, too, as well. And she gave me the absolute best advice. I'll never forget it. I was being asked to, because, you know, as you get older, you get asked to do everything. And I'm a yes person. And so I was getting asked to serve on boards and volunteer for these things and do these speaking engagements and talk at this function and that function and all this other stuff. And I just was getting really bombarded with doing that. And I just didn't know how to say no to some things. And so I would say yes to everything. And then my heart wasn't quite in certain things. I wasn't picking the best ones. I was just doing all of it. And so I was having a hard time. And she said, never say yes or no. 
when you're asked to participate or do something for somebody. Say, let me think about that and get back to you in a day or two. And she said, always put a date on it and get back to them when you said you would. And never do more than two days. But what that will allow you to, even if you're super excited, even if it's something that you absolutely want to do and you're 100% yes, never say yes right away. Always say, let me think about that for a couple of days. And then she said, you know, that gives you an opportunity to really sit down and think about it and look at your schedule and make sure that it's something that you can do, want to do, and that you have time to do right then. And if it's not, you can return the reply with, I appreciate you asking me to do that. I'm very interested in that. I just don't feel that I can give you 100% of my effort and time to do that well for you right now. Think of me in the future. And then if it's something that you want to do, you're just, yay, yes, go, go, for sure. So that was the best advice. I have used it ever since. And I, 90% of the time, keep myself out of the pickle. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's definitely advice that I need to hear. You know, I've heard it before. I've implemented it before, but it's so easy to just get into the, oh, yeah, 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 I can do that for you. Yeah. Whoops. And, and it's with good intention. And we want to be helpful as people pleasers. but. You know, sometimes you're just not able to give them the job that they deserve. So right. you're being responsible and respectful of them as well. Of course. All right. So go ahead and share one of your personal habits that help you be your best self. Okay. So I have started this, I don't know, decades ago, but I found that as soon as I open my eyes, before I get out of bed, before I check my phone, before I do anything else, I pray, period. The moment I wake up, I say my morning prayer. And then I get out of bed. The days that I don't do that and I jump out of bed, I feel chaotic and rushed and organized and uncentered. And just it's a stressful day. And I'm setting myself up to just be all, I don't know, wacko. And so if I just take a minute and pray over my day and whatever happened to be on my mind when I woke up or whatever was on my mind when I went to bed, um, I just feel much more centered and ready to be a smiling, uh, loving, kind human being. <laughs> awesome. I think that's a great way to start the day. I'm actually with you on that one. I do do the exact same thing before. I mean, I typically wake up before my alarm anyways, but uh, yeah, I think it's a great way to start. Yeah, I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> Everyone that knows me, now, I'm not mean or ugly in the mornings, but I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely don't want to have an in-depth conversation. I need about 30 minutes to go do my little Bible time and drink my coffee. And then, um, you know, awake enough. I just wave at, at my husband. And when I get up, I just kind of wave, hello, I'm awake and I'm alive and I see you, but I don't want to talk to you yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty certain that a lot of people can identify with that. So, all right, Kim, how do you define happiness and success? This has evolved over the years as I have, we'll say matured instead of gotten older. Or I guess I'm mature. I don't know. Some people may be like, you're still not very mature. I try to be better than I was yesterday. And I feel like I'm never going to stop working on myself. And I'm never going to be, you know, the absolute best I can possibly be. I don't feel like that's as human beings we're supposed to be. We're always supposed to be growing and learning and changing. And so I just really try to be better than I was yesterday and not put pressure on myself to be something that I'm not, but also help others do the same. That makes me happy. Awesome. I think that's great. Alrighty, Kim. So as we reach the end of the show, it's time for last call. 
Um, this is your time to share a parting piece of advice, anything you'd like to share with our listeners today and go ahead and end with the best way that they can connect with you. Yeah. So um, you can connect with me through social media. I'm on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Mainly Facebook is the best way for me. I've got a website, getfitwithkimtoday.com. And I've also written two books, Fitness, Food and Faith, Your Eternal Why for Everlasting Results, and my cookbook, How to Eat Pie 2, which also gives you healthy recipes, but meal planning and how to structure healthy living realistically. And also, you can contact me on my website or any of those modes. And, and I would love to hear from you. I've, we're, again, like you said, Josh, we're going to release our podcast Easter Monday, and we'll have those little episodes that you can watch. And I have some blog pieces as well. But um, I think my last piece of advice just to leave with people is uh, something that I, I really say a lot and try to implement in my own life is just do the best you can with what you've got, pray over the rest, and then just move on with life. Awesome. That's great, Kim. I think that's a really good note to end on. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your time and your words of wisdom and, you know, just sharing this day with us as listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of BYOB Audio. We hope you found something valuable from the stories shared today. Make sure you subscribe and share with someone who may need to hear something from this podcast. See you next time, but here's to you on your journey to a happier and more fulfilling life. Cheers. Cheers.